Welcome to the Defend the Fort podcast, brought to you by the Fort Hay State University Alumni Association. Hey, Tiger fans. Wow. You've outdone yourself. The largest fundraising campaign in university history was a huge success. Not only did the Journey campaign reach their ambitious five-year goal of $100 million, they surpassed it by $12 million, and they couldn't have done it without all of you. So on behalf of Tiger Nation, thank you for your generosity and for changing the lives of deserving students at Fort Hayes State. Go Tigers! And we're pleased to have Fort Hayes State Tiger Sports Hall of Fame member Jesus Villarreal with us for this edition of the Defend the Fort podcast. Former Fort Hayes State All-American second baseman, part of the national runner-up team in 2000. And I guess first off, Jesus, we appreciate you taking some time to visit with us. Congratulations, the Tiger Sports Hall of Fame. Quite an honor. Has to feel pretty special, I'd imagine. Oh, it feels so great. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. But yeah, it's really special. You know, at first, when I got the call, I was like, oh, you know, this was a team thing that we that we actually achieved in 2000. But, you know, after all my teammates called me and said, hey, man, you deserved it. It's really become something really special for me. Well, We'll get into that season as we go along. It was obviously a special, special season with a special group of of players. Uh, But I always like to find out how a player got connected with Fort Hay State. Of course, Bob Fernelli, the the head coach. Just talk about uh, how you hooked up with him, how he found you, and and just the the whole process of you eventually becoming a Fort Hay State Tiger. Oh, you know. You know what? That was a, a, a long process, right? I, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I played in a in a high school that really didn't have resources. So we were never really competitive. Uh, after high school, I ended up going to Cochise Community College, and we had a really good, talented team, but we never gelled. We never came together. So after my sophomore year, I was getting phone calls from different schools asking me, hey, you, I need you to come over here to rebuild a program. Uh, you know, not very good record. So I wasn't looking for that. I was looking to go somewhere where I could win and make a difference in a program that, that actually had a winning tradition. Suddenly I got a call from Coach Fernelli and said, Jesus, I've heard about you. I don't really need to see you. What I need you to do is to come up this summer and check out the, the town and the school and then make your decision to come and join us. We need one more piece, and that piece is you, he said, in order to uh, make it to, to the College World Series, Division Two College World Series. And... Uh, I went up to Fort Hayes uh, for a weekend during the summer. It was so hot out there, <laughs> and I made my decision. Uh, I like Coach Fernelli. I like what he was doing, and, and I was excited about coming into a team that had just lost in regionals. So it was, it was an exciting time. But, yeah, he didn't see me. He just trusted that I was going to do what I was supposed to do and what he heard that I was going to do. So I really appreciate Coach Fernelli putting that trust in, in me. Was it a hard decision? I mean, when you made the trip to Hayes in the summer, obviously college kids aren't there, and it's not the same field as during the school. Was that one of those you, you got here and you realize this is where you're meant to be? Uh, you know what? It was a hard decision financially. A lot of the other schools were offering almost a full scholarship, and Coach Manelli said, this is what I can give you. But what really made a difference, it was another player from Albuquerque, Josh Cressman, who became my roommate, and that really made me feel a little bit at home, and we would drive up together. So – to answer your question, yeah, when I got there, I looked at the school. My parents looked at me and said, is this where you want to be? And I said, yeah, this is where I want to be. 
I think we're going to do some good things here. Oh, Jesus Villarreal with us, Tiger second baseman, the third team All-American, uh, second baseman on that national runner-up team, two-time All-Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference pick. In fact, the 2000 RMAC Player of the Year. You mentioned two years at Coach East Community College and then became a Fort Hay State Tiger. Uh, you joined the program, and you kind of touched on it. Uh, they were coming off a regional loss, and then that first year you guys got to a regional and uh, finish strong to get there, and then to kind of down the stretch, I think we'll drop four of the final five. Had to be disappointing that first year to, to be so close and then just couldn't quite uh, get it together there at the very end. Oh, yeah, that was heartbreaking. We had a bunch of seniors that year that were the leaders of the team, and we really wanted to do it for them because they had, to, they had been uh, beaten by Chico State and that whole conference uh, the year before. So we thought we really had a chance, but I think all the transfers that we had from JUCO, we hadn't yelled just yet. So uh, when we went to play in the in the regional tournament, it was we just didn't have it at that point, and we got to be pretty bad by Sonoma State, I believe it was mm-hmm. that, that year, and and we um, we just didn't have it that year. We just hadn't yelled there. And one of the things that Coach Ronelli always preaches of uh, about us coming together as a family. And at that point, we weren't a a really close family yet. It, the next year, that's when we took that step. So it was disappointing, but we knew we had something special. What changed that next year? Because you mentioned you had a big group of seniors that leave. You had a crop of new players. What changed from 99 to 2000 to where you guys did gel, like you said, and became that close-knit family? You know, we had, I think, and, and I don't remember the exact number, but I think we had 15 to 18 uh, JUCO transfers. So we were all juniors that year, right? We didn't have experience playing at that level. Uh, a lot of us didn't know how to win. And when we came in our senior year, we had experienced that that feeling of winning a tournament, going to a regional tournament, and we just loved it. We wanted to do better. We wanted to to just go to Chico or have Chico come into our state and beat them. So we uh we were we were ready to do it. And and it was about I think again seventeen seniors that year, and that's what made it so special. That we were all looking for the same goal. We were all looking to to do something special for Port Hayes and the baseball team. Did you know going into that season you guys were going to be good or, or even as good as you were, or was there a point during the year where everybody kind of could see we've got a chance to do something maybe that no one else has ever done here? I think going into the season, we felt very, very good about our, our chances. But once we started playing the big wigs in the conference, like Mesa State, Metro State, and all those teams, and we were just not not only beating them, but beating them pretty bad. We knew that that we were we were going to be t- tough to beat. And uh, as the season kept going, we were like, yeah, we got something that we're gonna that we know we're good. We know we can beat anybody, and that's what we did. Started nineteen and three. I guess it was a probably a pretty good indication. You mentioned Mason. That was always such a big rivalry, and I know for so many years, Fort A State just could never. Could never beat them. Maybe take a game and never win a series. And then finally, I think it was 97, are able to, to to knock them off. And then they made a regional. And then it kind of set the plate for what you guys did in, in 2000. But you sweep them at home. That obviously is a big deal because Mesa's so good, still is very good. But to, to sweep them, that had to be a big, big shot in the arm, so to speak, for everybody. Oh, that was – it just felt so good. The year before in the conference tournament, we were tied – and I remember one of our best players, Franco Martinez, was mm-hmm. closing the game. And, and they hit a home run, walked off the field on us, and they started playing, you dropped the bomb on me, you know, that song. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, we're all in college. We don't want to cry, but we all felt like crying. And we all were 
we're going to get him eventually. And we're all juniors, like I said, but, and we came back the following year and swept him. And it was a, it was a great series. Uh, the support of the crowd was great. And we were just, like I said, we were primed and ready to, to do it, do to them what they had done to us the last few years. We're visiting with Fort Hay State, former Fort Hay State second baseman, third team All-American, Jesus Villarreal with us, a member of the Fort Hay State Tiger Sports Hall of Fame, uh, part of that 2000 national runner-up team. And, boy, just what a what a special group that was. And you got off to the 19-3 and start. We talked about the sweep of Mesa, hosted the conference tournament, which was a, a big deal. Fort Hay State had never done that before, and it didn't really go well. I was. Were there any doubts? I know you go one and two, and it was just, a, uh, I think, lost to Highlands, lost to, to Mesa there. Uh, obviously, it didn't go well at home. Was there any concerns at that point? You know that was a huge surprise. Uh, we were we were worried, right? Because we didn't get we didn't get the automatic bid, or I don't know exactly how they did it back then. But we had to get selected to go to uh, to go to the regional tournament, and uh, we were pretty worried. Uh, I had had a great season, and going into the into the conference tournament, I kind of slumped a little bit. So, like I said earlier, right? This was also a team effort. Us having that great year because I was not doing good at all i think i got two hits during the conference tournament and uh and it didn't look good for a little bit but once the committee selected us to go to the regional tournament we knew we had a second chance and we were going to take advantage of that of that chance and you got a host and that had to be pretty cool to play at home i remember the crowds were incredible um uh, just just packed crowds and you beat grand canyon lost to chico Came back, uh, I think you beat Texas West, uh, Wesleyan, and then you had Chico. You had to beat twice to get to the College World Series, and it kind of been the, the thorn in the Tigers' side in 97, 98, 99. Chico's always kind of the roadblock in the way, and, man, you guys found a way to not only beat them once but beat them twice to get to the World Series. Just talk about that experience. You know, to start off, that just shows how big playing at home is, right? You don't have to travel. You're sleeping in your in your bed. Uh, you're eating your food. So so that was huge for us. Once we found out that whatever had happened at Chico with the graduation or whatever happened, we knew we had an advantage. Them coming into Fort Hayes, and and I remember talking to to a couple of their players, and they were so upset they had to travel. They were so <laughs> upset they had to travel to Hayes, uh, and and we're like, we know we're in their head. But after they beat us, we were a little bit worried. We're like, oh man, this is gonna happen again. But we had such good good uh, people on the team that we didn't give up. We came from the losers bracket and beating them twice in, in twice in a row. It was something that hadn't happened to them. It, and it was probably, you know, one of the best times of our lives, uh, winning, clinching that, that college world series bid bid. It was a, it was amazing for us. It just felt so good to do it to Chico and then to do it at home as well. And if I remember right, in one of those games, I can't remember if there was a delay, but it was raining. Uh, there may have been some small hail coming down. I mean, it was about as dramatic. And if I remember right, Jason Patty hits a home run in the rain. It kind of turned, I can't remember if it was game one or game two, but kind of turned it around. And you could kind of sense when that happened, this might happen for Fort A State. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. We were, I'm not going to say we were struggling, but we were going back and forth. And once Jason just you know he always took he never got cheated on a swing and once he got a hold of that ball I knew it was out and I knew this is meant to be now we're going to the college world series we're going to win this game we're going to beat him twice and and Jason was just a, an amazing shortstop that I'm so glad that he was a my my middle infield mate for Fort Hayes that year well and it was obviously a, a big uh, a big win for Fort Hayes in fact 
still know the Chico broadcaster. It's still referred to as Black Saturday in Chico baseball. That's how that's how uh, big that was, and obviously big for Fort Hayes State as the Tigers get to the College World Series. And boy, you come so close. And I mean, obviously, it has to be disappointing to get to the championship game, and, and you don't bring home the the big prize. But I'm sure as time goes on and you you reflect, I mean, what an experience down in Montgomery, and uh, to get to the championship game was still pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, first of all, like we mentioned before, we lost the year before in regionals. We didn't even get an opportunity to, to play in the championship in regionals. So so beating Chico State, yeah, I, I don't even know that, that they call it Black Saturday or whatever. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but that is awesome to find out. Uh, but like I said, beating them twice and then taking the trip to, to Montgomery, Alabama. And, I mean, we were hot. I mean, we were just getting going. That's when I got going again, actually, mm-hmm. in, in Montgomery, started hitting the ball again. And uh, it just felt great, the whole tournament. We went undefeated in the winner's bracket. Uh, Southeast Oklahoma State went undefeated as well. And you know what? They just got the best, best of us that game. I still think we were a better team. But that game, one game, they weren't doing series back there back then. So it was a one-game championship game, and anything can happen. And it happened to us, and it was disappointing. But, you know, this group of guys, I still talk to a lot of them. And, and we remember those games, and we talk about it all the time. And we, we – we are proud that, that we did that and that we made a lot of our fans and a lot of our, our students proud that we went to the national championship game. Yeah, it's the funny thing about baseball sometimes. It can be a, a crazy thing, but it was still still a great run. And you, you mentioned you got hot. Uh, I think you hit 438 in the World Series. And, and I know as a hitter, it's a crazy thing. You can be rolling and you can get into a slump like that. And then the next thing you know, you're hot, but you're one of the key elements for the Tigers getting to the championship game. Um, it's probably hard to explain how that happens in baseball. You see it all the time. Someone's rolling or someone just can't find a hit, and then all of a sudden you get one, and, and there you go. You're off and running. Oh, yeah, that's the way it works. And, and I remember this clearly. I was struggling. I, I started doing a little bit better doing regionals, but still not what I, was, what I wanted to do and what I was used to doing. And then the first game in the, in the World Series, um, I get jammed, and I hit a ground ball to third base. Third base was behind the bag. And he hits the bag and goes to left field, and I get a double out of it. And from then, it was like, all right, this hit line drives left and right. And it was a, that's just what it takes in order to get you out of a slump or a, a, a any time that you're struggling, you know. And that's just the, the game of baseball. That's the way it always has been, and, and it was amazing for me. I just turned it around, and, and it was just a, a great experience in, in Montgomery. We're visiting with Fort Hayes State uh, Hall of Famer, Jesus Villarreal. It's got to sound good, I would think. Uh, former Tigers second baseman, part of the uh, 2000 national uh, runner-up team. Uh, you mentioned Jason Patty. Uh, you're infield yet. You at short at second base, uh, Patty at shortstop, Ryan Calloway at all-conference first baseman. You had such a good infield, and obviously the entire team. I mean, you, you, the outfield was pretty good. You get to a national runner-up finish, everybody's good. But talk about that infield. You guys are really, really solid. Oh, yeah. we had. I mean, and, and then we have Franco Martinez at third base, right? Yeah. From KU. So we had we, we were solid in the infield. Tyler Cotton in center field. Uh, and then Wayne Burton in, in either left or right. And then Dan, uh, yeah, I forget Dan's last name. But uh, but we had Auckland. we had a great team all around. Auckland, correct. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I forgot Dan Dan's last name. But, yeah, we had an awesome team. He was another KU transfer. So we weren't, we weren't uh, your typical middle-of-the-road D2 team, right? We could have competed with a lot of those uh, – those D1 teams at that point, K-State or, or KU, uh, but we never got the opportunity for some reason. I, I wonder if they just didn't want to face us at that point. But it was a it was a very tough, not only the infield defensively, but 
I was talking to Jason. Jason's actually going to be there this Saturday. We we had a long conversation, but just how I was hitting second, Tyler was hitting first, and then him and Ryan Callaway would always protect me for right behind me, right? Just It was easy to hit like that. You couldn't walk me because you were going to face these amazing hitters right after me. So it was it was a great lineup that we had that it was almost impossible to take a break on. And pretty good pitching staff uh, led by by Derek Lopez, who was a first-team all-conference pick. But um, you had a couple other good guys. Scott DiOrio, I think. Vonley Fry was honorable mention. Um, I think Josh – or excuse me, yeah, Pat Taylor on that staff as well. I mean, you you don't have a good team in baseball without a good pitching staff, and you guys had as good as, as anyone. Oh, definitely. You know, Derek, coming from my, the same conference from the ACCAC, from Pima, he, I mean, he was amazing. He just – he was the – the the glue that held us together and especially on the peach, pitching staff but then we had scott diorio coming out of the bullpen you got a six four uh guy throwing 90 something i mean that's that's just special right but von lee fry was our leader as a, as a team and then uh, we also had a uh, you know pat taylor you mentioned him he just he would do anything but then you bring auckland also from right field mm-hmm. you get somebody to close the game you can bring him from right field as well so there were so many all of our players uh one of the guys that was just the the leader, he was part of the old guard, right? He had been there for three years already that year with Ryan Wassinger, right? He was just, <laughs> I talked to him as well, and he was like, I'm glad I let you guys to the to the College World Series. I mean, he was amazing. I think he, he led the nation and hit by pitches, right? He didn't care. He was going to get there and do whatever it took to win, and I think that's what we all did that year. Yeah, I was just saying, uh, Ryan Wassinger never saw a pitch he would never run in front of. Unfortunately, with the rules these days, he probably wouldn't hold the record because he would. Uh, they'd call him back because you can't lean into it. But yeah, he was uh, he was fun to watch and, and uh, just a special group. And when you get on a roll like you guys did, it's really fun to watch and and be a part of. I want to ask you about. I mean, you talked about your hitting. You had a great World Series. You had a nine eighty seven fielding percentage in uh, your your time. You had I think what six errors. In two seasons at Fort Hayes State, and I think 451 uh, fielding attempts, I, I saw. That's remarkable. Where? W- tell us about how you developed to be such a great defensive second baseman. You know, that's. I was a shortstop all my life, so mm-hmm. so moving to second base kind of eased up my stress on throwing the ball. I guess turning double plays, throwing from the deep uh, four five and a half hole. So go, moving to second base was an easy transition for me, and. I my first year, a lot of people don't remember. I broke my thumb when I got to Fort Hayes State right before the season started. So I missed about 20 games that season. Mm. And when I came back, I was only a defensive replacement, right? I couldn't hit yet. And uh, that's where I was. I was what I was doing the most during that time was working on my hands. My le- I broke the thumb in my right hand, so just working on my hand, getting soft hands, making sure I can transfer the ball well. So there was a, it was a lot of work that involved my uh, my defense and, and my glove work. Uh, but once I came back my senior year, which were, where I made five errors, which was really disappointing for me, <laughs> disappointing for me. Uh, I still remember every single one of them. I can count, I can tell you where they happened. Uh, I remember one, two of them happened at, um, in, in Pueblo, uh, Colorado state of Pueblo. It's now. So, uh, I, I remember my dad went to watch that game and he, he gave me hell for that. It was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a good day to make two errors in front of my dad, but, uh, but yeah, it was. It was great. I, I love that's one of my favorite parts of the game. Uh, moving on after I finished playing, I, I became a coach, and that was my my strength. So so fielding has always been something that I love, and I love uh, playing ball. I love reading those those late swings. I know he's going to be late on the ball. I move here, or or you know anticipating where the ball is going to go. So that's always what I I like to do. You know, study the game, 
Uh, I watch so much baseball. Uh, my wife now hates me for that, but you know, I just love to study the game all the time. And I used to do that as a as a little kid as well, and going into high school and college. Well, it's funny. It's kind of I mean, when a team isn't good defensively, you notice it. You kind of take it for granted. But it's such a a key part. And to have a special season like you did. You have to. That's that's like the other element. You could have bashers that could hit the ball all over the yard, but if uh, you, you you're not good in the field, it's it's hard to win championships. And you guys obviously proved you could you could do both, and they all went hand in hand. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, I believe behind the plate we had Tommy right in the middle of the of the team. The middle of of the defense is so important. And then you had me and Jason up the middle in the infield, and then we had Tyler Cotton up center field. I mean. I remember Tyler wouldn't care what he was doing. He'd jump into the fence, dive into the fence. <laughs> he was one of those uh, grimy players that he just played hard all the time. You know, a football player uh, dressed up as a baseball player on the field. So uh, that was so important for us. The defensive part of the game was so important. Great run by the Tigers. National runner-up in 2000. And uh, Jesus Virel, a big part of that. He's a four-day state Tiger Sports Hall of Famer. Who did you look up to as a kid when you were playing, learning the game, and did you emulate your game after anybody in particular? And like I said, you know, I I, I was a shortstop my entire life, so Aussie Smith was somebody <laughs> who I looked up to a lot. And uh, once we started getting, you know, YouTube and different videos online, I would watch his videos all the time, do his drills all the time. So I've always told, told my kids that I coached uh, later on in my life, is like, Study the game. Look, practice. Do things when you're not nobody's watching, right? And and I used to do that all the time. I used to sit outside, hitting the ball off the wall, and doing Ozzy Smith drills. So I loved his uh, defense. I wish I would have like you know maybe looked at A Rod to get a little power because <laughs> two home runs in one year wasn't too much. But uh, but I, I loved Ozzy Smith. That's what I did. And later on, Derek Jeter was just somebody that I looked up to as well. So well, obviously, I think that's for everybody. Could you do the backflips though? Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> You know what? That's it. I think I tried it once when I was little, and I said, "Okay, I can't do that." So, so we stopped that. Trying to do the backflip. Well, probably probably a smart a smart move. We're visiting with Jesus Villarreal, Tiger Sports Hall of Fame inductee in twenty twenty one, and uh, tell us a little bit about life after baseball. What you did after your time at Fort Hayes State? What you're up to now? Uh, you know, after after Fort Hayes, I got an invitation to go play in, in Mexican League in the Pacific Coast League. Uh, wasn't a team for a little bit, never really played much. Uh, decided to go back to Fort Hayes to finish my degree. Um, and uh, afterwards, got my, got my college degree and started working with an organization that helps uh, youth, uh, uh, how can we say, low-income youth, help them get to college. So I've been doing that for like the last, I would say, 15 years. Oh, wow. and, uh, and I'm still doing that, helping, helping youth, coaching a little bit of baseball. I actually had the opportunity to coach, be a high school head coach with my alma mater. And uh, after that, I was able to coach at the University of New Mexico for one year. And that was an amazing experience as well. We went to uh, the regional championship. And, uh, and then I had two little girls. So that kind of made me stop a little bit. The time that you, that you spent coaching, and that's why I have so much respect for my junior college coach, Gerard Pineda and Bubba Hall, and then Coach Fernelli. I mean, they put so much work into what they do that you don't realize it as a player until you start doing it. And... Uh, I have my two little girls and I was like, you know what? I can't do this and, and pay attention to my little girls right now. So I stopped coaching, but I'm still working, helping, uh, you know, youth get to college, uh, low income kids, kids that never had a family, uh, that went to college and kind of guiding them through that process and getting them to a college or university setting and helping them get all that financial aid that is available for them. 
uh, and that's out there. Well, that's awesome. That's uh, that's uh, that's a great calling in life, and glad you get to keep your or you know dabble in baseball a little bit and keep your hand in it. You mentioned Coach Fernelli, and I've had him on the podcast before. What a great guy! I mean, uh, Curtis Hamicky, the current athletic director, kind of turned the program around, got him respectable, and you could feel they're on the cusp. Then then then. Um, um, Bob came in and just obviously took it to the next level and, and it culminated with your guys' trip to the national championship game. Just a super guy, but what was it like playing for him? Because he, he'd have a hot streak in there. In fact, I remember in the regional, I think he got thrown out of a game, or not the regional, but the conference tournament that year. But what was it like playing for Coach Fernelli? You know what? It was great. Uh, like I said, I came from a team uh, in, in Cochise Community College that had so much talent and we never came together as a team. And I told you earlier before, he, he really preached this family uh, team, right? Let's, let's treat each other as a family. Let's have each other's back. And that's what he did. He knew we were there for a reason. So he never, he never tried to change my swing. Uh, he never tried to, to t- teach me or tell me how to feel. He knew I was a good fielder. So what he did was, let's play for each other, and we're going to get to where we need to get. So that was a good part. Uh, you know, there was a few times. I remember this quick story uh, all throughout my um, – my life, I was number five. And uh, when I got there, Von Lee Fry was number five, and he had been there since he was a freshman. So he said, you're not getting number five, you're getting a different number. So I chose number 12. And uh, I remember first or second game, our sign to drag bunt was the number. So he's over there screaming number 12. And I've been number five all my life, so <laughs> I take a hack of the first pitch. He looks at me, and he's all, let's go, number number 12. And I go up there and I hit a foul ball. He calls me over in front of everybody. It was like the second game of the season. So there's a lot of people in the stands. And he just tears me a new one. And he, he just goes, who do you think you are? I'm like, what are you talking about? So I said your number so many times. I'm like, oh, man, I am number 12 now. So he, he could, like you said, he had the hot streak. But it was for us, for the good of us, right? We had to come together. We had to mesh together in order to be able to beat those great teams at Mesa State and then those teams at Chico and – and all the other teams that we beat on our road to the to the national championship game. That's some good stuff. That is pretty funny. Hey, Zeus, we've appreciated the time. Great catching up with you. I know everybody in the Tiger Nation is so proud of you and uh, of all of your accomplishments post-Fort A. State, but certainly remembering all your accomplishments on the field. Uh, a team, I, I don't think anybody will ever forget that Fort A. State baseball team in 2000 and what a great ride it was. And uh, you mentioned getting to host a conference tournament and uh, regional at home, so the home fans got to be a part of that. But uh, so proud of you. Congratulations on the induction of the Tiger Sports Hall of Fame. Can't think of anybody more deserving, and we appreciate the time. Well, thank you so much. You know, I, I came back to Fort Hayes the year after we, we went to the College World Series, and I hadn't been back since. So I'm excited to be there uh, Friday night and hang out and see some of my old teammates. And, and, and I'm just excited, and I'm so excited to get the opportunity to go back and, and humble by this by this award and this induction to the Hall of Fame. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. Congratulations and enjoy the weekend. Thank you so much. That is Jesus Villarreal. He's the newest member of the Tiger Sports Hall of Fame, former Tiger All-American second baseman, and he's been our latest guest on the Defend the Fort podcast.